to tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters the gate by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Thank you. Thanks, Betty. Uh, Good Good morning, everyone. If we've never met before, my name's Nat, and I look forward to catching up with you. Uh, We're a cuppa. Good morning, tea time. We're just taking a look at John 10 this morning. Uh, before we get into a, a different series, and um, there'll be uh, a Bible study sent out uh, this afternoon tonight. So just check your email if uh, if uh, that's applicable for you. Sorry, I haven't brought any copies here, but uh, if you know if you don't have an email address and you know someone that does, just ask them to print you off a copy. That'd be great. An apology of sorts for those that may have been at YC One a couple of weeks ago. You would have heard the most part of this talk. I've changed it a little bit. I've probably put two sentences extra in there. So, uh, But, you know, that's good. We always, it's always good to hear God's word again and again and again. How about um, I pray before we look at this passage in John 10? Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's living and active, that uh, it convicts us. We thank you for your spirit uh, who uses your word as a sword and, and changes us and cuts us deep. And we ask, Father, that your spirit would be doing a great work amongst us this morning uh, as we uh, hear you speak to us in your word and as we consider all that Jesus has done for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you've um, ever, ever been in a really unsafe situation before. Have you ever been in that kind of situation where you thought, man, I'm not really sure I like this. I, I feel pretty vulnerable. I feel pretty insecure right now. I think I've got to get out of here. Uh, maybe it was that kind of feeling that uh, Ben shared about you know, the first day of school, not feeling very safe, leaving mum behind and going the first day of school. I can remember a time that I felt that a lot, that feeling of being unsafe and insecure. It was when uh, Jasmine and I went to Thailand for a holiday uh, a, few years, a few years ago. It was the first time that I'd been overseas. And I reckon as soon as we got there, I just felt really, really insecure. There's stuff that you see in Thailand that you think, is that actually really safe? The pinnacle came when uh, my wife Jasmine really, really, really wanted to go to an elephant rescue farm. Now, if uh, you know me, you'd know that I'm scared of just about every single animal that lives. Uh, just to give you an idea, I'm scared of bush turkeys. And so when Jasmine says, let's go to an elephant rescue farm, I was like, okay, great, that sounds great. And so we get out to this elephant farm and we get a, a lot of instructions on which elephants not to go near. You know, that stay away from them. They've, they've got a little baby, they're elephant cranky pants. Uh, they gave us instructions about how to feed the elephants. So, you know, they said, you know, keep your arms straight out uh, and your fingers nice and straight and just, they'll, let, they'll just take the food from your hands like this, okay? Definitely, yes. Okay, take the food. Okay, thank you. Whew. Still got my fingers, great. Uh, I made sure that Jasmine and myself were the right distance away uh, from the elephants, especially the, the cranky pants elephants, and that we were, when we were feeding them, we did exactly the things that the instructors said. But it was time to have a go at sitting on the back of an elephant as it walked around. I bravely, I bravely let everyone else and Jasmine go in front of me uh, to have their turn. It was my turn. And so on I go, and we're up, up, up and away. That's not so bad. Okay, it's, it's high. I've made it. It's not so bad. And we're walking along. Okay, and... We get back from our little walk, and then I feel this slimy thing just kind of around the back of my leg and the bottom of my foot. So this elephant thought it would be funny uh, if he took the thumb of my foot and started chewing on it and started eating it. And so at this point, I'm really, really freaking out. I just, and the instructor's giving me instructions on what to say to get it back. And I was just like, okay, okay, please give me back my thumb, please. I, I guess yes, please. Uh, don't, please don't eat my foot. Uh, and so I was absolutely freaking out. I freaked out so much that uh, a couple of the instructors are kind of pointing and laughing. And <laughs> what a wuss. <laughs> I felt the whole time that we were in this elephant park, that was just such an unsafe thing. And the whole time that I was in Thailand, I just thought, man, this is unsafe. I just thought, please, dear God, let us make it home alive when we leave here. Have you ever felt like that before? you ever felt, this is really unsafe. I don't feel very secure here. I just want to go to my safe place right now, whatever that might be for you. Well, today we're going to see that we're safe and secure through Jesus. 
Now, I don't know where you're up to with the, all the, the whole Jesus stuff. You might be someone who says, yeah, I'm a Christian. I know that I'm safe. I know that I'm secure in Jesus. Well, it's great that you're here this morning because I, I don't think we can ever be reminded enough of how we're safe, of how we're secure through Jesus. You might be someone that's heard all this stuff about Jesus, how it's good news, that you're not sure you know, what it will be really like, though. You're not sure what your friends will think. Well, it's great that you're here this morning uh, because you get to see that Jesus really is someone worth trusting. You might be someone who's like, what? There's no way. There's no way that Jesus can give safety and security. I don't believe in Jesus. I'm doing fine the way I am. Well, it's great that you're here this morning because what we'll see is how Jesus offers real safety, how Jesus offers real security. You see, we've all got something to think about today, this morning, as we look at this part of the Bible. And that part that uh, Betty just read for us, it's a bit strange, isn't it? You know, Jesus starts talking about these sheep, a shepherd, and a gate, and you kind of think, well, what's Jesus on about here? Uh, has he just finished you know, Agriculture 101 class? What's he on about? Has he, is it winter time, and he's getting a bit cold, and he wants to have a woolly jumper? Like, what's, what's he on about? Is, is he planning a trip to New Zealand? What, what is Jesus on about here? He's actually saying that he provides real safety to his people. So let's have a think about uh, that as we read. Have a look there uh, from verse 1. Follow on from the screen again. Verse 1. There's a picture if you didn't believe me, by the way. And that's how I felt afterwards. Verse 1, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, the characters in this story that uh, we heard uh, Betty read for us, they actually represent different people. Uh, people like you and, and like myself, people who uh, follow Jesus and what he's done, people who follow a great leader, we're actually represented in this story. We are the sheep. We're the sheep. I'm a sheep. You're a sheep. That's who we are in this story. And Jesus describes himself here as the good shepherd. Now, let me give you a bit of a background to why Jesus says this. Just stay with us on this for a minute. You see, in the Old Testament, God's people, they had kings, they had leaders, and they were actually described as shepherds. And their job was to protect and care for the people and to look after them. Now, there were some good kings, like uh, David, uh, David of that David and Goliath fame. He was a good king. He was a great king of God's people, and he was a shepherd. There are also some really, really dodgy kings, some really dodgy leaders of God's people. These are guys who were just you know, the religious bigwigs at the time, so the Pharisees are the guys that Jesus is telling this story to. You see, the Pharisees back then, they thought they were pretty good on all the God stuff. They thought, you know, this is what you've got to do to be a follower of God. But they had it all wrong because they changed following God to what they were doing. They changed following God to a set of rules rather than a relationship, and they were just taking people down with them. And so they were really dodgy leaders of God's people. And they didn't look after others like they were supposed to. They just looked after themselves. 
And Jesus says, well, they're the thieves and the robbers in this story. And these kings and leaders of God's people, they got so bad that God promised that he was going to do away with them forever, that they were going to be gone. And God said that one day he'd give his people a new king, the greatest king, the greatest leader of all, someone who'd protect his people from their enemies, someone who'd help his people to live in safety and peace forever. So here, Jesus is actually saying that he's the good shepherd. He's saying he's the one they've been waiting for. He's the true king, the true leader who'll protect, the true leader who'll care for his people better than anyone. He's the one who protects, the one who gives safety to his people. Now, I realise that we don't have too many um, sheep farms around here. I I think that's because it's too hot, if that's right, if if there are any farmers around here. I think that's why there's not too many sheep farms that we see. Plenty of cane farms. Sheep farms are a little bit different because they have sheep instead of the cane. Um, But if you go out to a a sheep station out west, uh, this description here of a shepherd, it's a long way from what you'd see, really. If you go out to a sheep farm, there's like there's a million and one things going on. There's heaps of stuff going on. Usually at a sheep farm out west, the sheep station, you know, there's this uh, a quad bike tearing up the track. There's some crazy eight-year-old kid with a couple of teeth missing and he's, you know, doing doughies and riding up and down. There's, you know, the sheep dog running around and around, barking his head off. There's a farmer yelling out to the dog, way back, Louie, way back. There's, it's a million and one things. It's like crazy town at a sheep station. Um, I think it's probably more, a little bit more quiet on a cane farm. But if you go to a sheep station, it's crazy. It's nothing like the way Jesus describes it here. And back when Jesus told this story, it was actually a fair bit different. Um, obviously, there were no motorbikes back then. But the reason, you know, people didn't need them. The shepherds didn't need them. Because the shepherds knew each of their sheep by name. The sheep back then were almost like pets. And so when the, the shepherd needed to move them, he'd just call out. Here, Fluffy. Come on, let's, let's go this way. Here, Whitey. Let's, let's go this way. Here, sheepy, come on, let's, let's, let's go this way. And that's, that's all the shepherd would need to do. And he'd just walk out in front of them and they'd follow. It's this real nice, peaceful picture that Jesus gives. There's no noise, just calling the sheep names and the sheep would follow. It's a nice picture, isn't it? And it's an important picture because really that's what happens between Jesus and us. It's like Jesus calls our name and we follow. And Jesus says, Matt, Come and follow me. Joan, come and follow me. Cody, come and follow me. Bob, Nat, come and follow me. Ben, come and follow me. We hear his voice and we follow. And he says, come on, come and follow me. You can do it. It's, it's okay. Don't, don't go down that track. That's not safe. I've got the best thing in mind for you. Come this way. I have the best thing in store for you and your life. Come and follow me. That's the way that Jesus... Is like for us. And he says, you'll be safe with me. You see, Jesus as the one true leader, the one true king, he's better than any leader that's ever lived. He's better than the kings and the leaders in the Bible. Uh, he's better than the queen. Uh, he's better than any prime minister that we could ever have. He's better than you know, any Christian ministers that could ever be around. He's better than any sports team captains. Jesus, the good shepherd, the one true leader, he went to great lengths to protect us. We're safe through him. He protects us. Now, we'll hear in a minute how Jesus does keep us safe from harm, how he's protected us. But right here, we've got to understand that we're safe. 
we're safe with Jesus. It's not as though after we trust in Jesus that, you know, so to speak, he pulls the wool over our eyes. It's not as though he says, you know, come this way. It's all right. Come on. I got you. You're in trouble now. Now, Jesus is someone that we can trust. He always has what's best for us in store. He always has our greatest need in mind. And I realise at this point that a couple of things probably need to be said because when it comes to trusting someone, when it comes to trusting a leader, I think we can become quite suspicious of that. As people especially that live in Australia, we don't really warm too well to people in leadership. You know, you just got to watch a big sports event. They introduce the Prime Minister and the crowd starts booing. They throw, you know, their plastic beer cups as hard as they can. We don't really trust that well of our leaders at times. And if we take that attitude and mix it with stories of experience of people in leadership who abuse their power, then even with those, those things, we, find it, we just become suspicious. We find it hard to trust people who are in leadership. And maybe some of you here today have experienced that uh, first-hand abuse of someone in leadership, someone that's just uh, been manipulative, um, someone that uh, may have even physically abused, uh, someone in a leadership position who just took advantage of you. Uh, It could even be, you know, that you're suspicious of trusting those closest to you because you've been hurt by them over and over again. And that's an awful thing. And you've got to make sure that you bring that out in the open and talk about it with people. But you see, what gives us comfort right here in God's Word is that we can know that Jesus cares because he knows what it's like. He knows what this world is like. He's, he's been in it. He's experienced the hurt, the pain, the misery of this world. He knows it. He understands it. And he has what's best for us in mind. He always wants the best for our life. He always wants to protect us from harm. You see, we're safe with Jesus. And we're secure through him as well. We're safe and we're secure. Have a, least, uh, have a listen to what Jesus says from verse 7. Verse 7. Very truly I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now that's a bit strange, isn't it? It's, it's a bit strange because Jesus has switched from saying that he's a good shepherd to now he's the gate. And that's kind of, you know, it's probably a bit easier to picture Jesus as a shepherd, but now he's the gate. It's kind of a strange kind of picture. Um, I'm not sure what your experience is of a gate. Actually, I do. We've uh, all experienced a gate this morning. You know, we came into a in through a gate to come in to the church building, to come into this place where we gather and hang out. Um, And obviously, there's a couple of things that that gate does for us out the front, isn't there? But what a gate does, I'm sure we all know, is that it provides access to an area, doesn't it? You know, it provides access, it allows us to come into the church building and the church grounds. But I reckon that actually has another job as well. Uh, If you didn't have the gate there, the gate there on the fence, either it'd just be a, a fence or there'd be a whopping great gap in the fence and you'd be thinking, oh man, I've got to do something about that whopping big gap there. 
Um, or you'd have to, you know, kind of climb over awkwardly the fence to get into the church building. You see, what it does is that it gives access, but it also secures the area. Now, it gives us access, but it secures the area because, you know, kids can't get out onto the road and all that kind of thing. And so Jesus is saying that he's the gate. He's saying that he's the access for life to the full, and he secures it. He secures that life for us. There's nothing that's going to get in that shouldn't. Jesus protects us. Our life is safe through him. He's our good shepherd. And Jesus is our gate. He gives us access to have life to the full, and he secures it. Access to a place where we have all that we need, where there's nothing that's going to get in that shouldn't, and nothing that's going to take us away from all that we need in Jesus. Our life is secure through him. We're safe. We're secure through him. Because did you notice where we started in the story? Did you notice that, that progression that's happened? It's really, I reckon this is like a really beautiful picture in God's Word. And this is one of the beauties of God's Word. We, we started in a sheep pen. Uh, that's the place that we started, in a sheep pen. Kind of, you know, squashed in, not really being able to walk around much, uh, not being able to get very far. But then we go from this sheep pen to rolling green hills, these green pastures, a place where we have all that we need. And the picture is that we have all that we need in Jesus. We have life to the full. And maybe you've been sitting there this morning and thinking, well, okay, it's safe, secure through Jesus. What does that actually mean? How does it work? What does it actually mean that I'm safe and secure through Jesus? Does it mean that when we believe in Jesus, we're going to have this giant dome over us? that will be protected from being rejected by others if we believe in him. Is that what it's about? Does it mean that we'll be protected from the Ebola virus, that we'll never ever get sick again? Does it mean that we'll be protected from never having any work or money or relationship problems and stuff like that? That everything in this life, here and now, right to the end, is safe and secure. Is that what it means? It's just so much more than that, isn't it? You see, Jesus, he spares us from the greatest enemy of all, the one that we could never conquer on our own, that enemy of sin and death. And all because the good shepherd laid down his life for us, the sheep, laid down his life for us on the cross, but we're saved to having life to the full. We're saved to having a relationship with God, that all that we need, Something that we can enjoy now, but also enjoy perfectly forever. You see, just like a bunch of sheep, we've, we've actually wandered away from relationship with God. We follow the track that leads straight to ourselves and, and we head towards the, the paddocks of stuff that we just think, oh, that's what's going to give me safety and security. That's what's going to give me the full life. But I, I just wonder if we don't recognise so clearly that, clearly that subtle leading voice of the world, those subtle voices that are just leading us away slowly from God. You know, the subtle voice of wanting to climb the corporate ladder to put your career ahead of everything, including family, and including church family. But that's just that stuff is a thief and a robber. It's only out to harm us. Maybe it's the subtle voice of you know joining your friends in the gossip of others or an all-night drinking binge. That stuff is just a thief and a robber. It's only out to harm us. 
Maybe it's like me where you think, oh, maybe if I just have this house, then this, this is the perfect house in the perfect place, then I'd be safe, then I'd be secure. But thinking that, you know, obviously we need to live in a house, but that stuff is drawing us away from God. That stuff we think, well, maybe that's where safety and security is found. It's just a thief and a robber. Maybe it's the subtle voice of thinking, this job, this relationship, this amount of money, this new gadget, this way of speaking to be accepted by others, these, these grades to get the career I want, this popularity with my friends, that stuff. That stuff. When I get that stuff, then I'll have safety. Then I'll have security. But those subtle voices of the world and what the world offers, that's, that's not where you find life to the full. All that, those subtle voices, all that stuff, they're just thieves and robbers. They're out to steal and to kill and destroy, as Jesus puts it. But Jesus is saying that he's the gate. He's where true life is found. He's the proper way to the safe place. He cares for those who are his, and he gives us life. He gives us relationship with God. I wonder if you know that. I wonder if uh, you're someone that thinks that this safe and secure life is just doing whatever you want, maybe, of just looking for the next big thing. But maybe you also know that that stuff really just doesn't cut it. Now, maybe you think, it actually hasn't provided the safety and security I thought it would. Maybe you just think, it just doesn't give life to the full. Well, that's you. Make sure you have a chat with someone about thinking, oh, where, where to from here? What does it mean to, to put your trust in Jesus? Maybe you do trust in Jesus and you think, Man, it's hard. There are times that I just doubt that trusting Jesus is really better than what the world offers. Now, I don't know if I should tell my friends about Jesus. He was, I'm not sure if I should tell them I'm a Christian. I, I just wonder if what the world offers and the life that it, it offers is really just, is actually better than what Jesus says. But know that we're safe and we're secure from that great enemy of sin and death. We have life to the full a relationship with God because Jesus has stepped down into this world and given himself up for us on the cross. You see, it's only through Jesus, our good shepherd, it's only through Jesus, our gate, that we have life to the full, that we have a relationship with God that we can enjoy now and forever. It's only because of Jesus that we get to read the words of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of our life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's only with Jesus as our good shepherd that we can really know those words and feel the comfort of that psalm. Let's thank God for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your son Jesus, our good shepherd our gate that gives us life to the full. Thank you that we are safe and secure in him. And Father, we pray that uh, each day as we uh, go through this world that we know 
that great hope that we have in Jesus, that we wouldn't listen to the subtle voices of this world, thinking that that's where we find our safety and security. We ask that you would help us to keep following Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name.